right. This is the first ever panel version of the BIC podcast. I'm continuing the number scheme because I'm not starting again. And it's definitely not the live stream, even though you're going to see several of the similar faces or hear several of the similar voices and with 5% less Mayo torture of Eric. I'm promising at least 5% less. 5% less, that is my commitment to you, to Eric, and to everyone else. First, Eric, how are you this evening? I'm, I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, at our first uh, cross-country practice of the year. I've been a cross-country coach for several years. I had our first practice of the year today, so it was great to see some of the familiar faces and the, and the new ones that came out for the team. So we'll, we'll hopefully uh, we'll have another good season. So it was Excellent. a good day. Excellent. And down the road, I have an idea for a little game that I'm going to play based on some of the sports. I'll use that word in quotation marks that Eric enjoys. I'm going to turn it into a game. I'm going to gamify it. I have already an idea in mind, but I will share that in a subsequent episode. But second, I'd also like to introduce Bobbles and Ball Cards of the channel of the same. Bobbles, good evening. Good evening, guys. Uh, real quick, Eric, is that cross-country? Like, are you going to be riding your bicycle across the country, or is it like the running portion? It is, it is the running version. Yes, I've okay. been a cross-country and track coach for uh, for a couple of decades now. Down the road, I want to point out to you that my strategy and uh, for a long time when it came to the cross country is like, what coaching? Run, run, run more, run harder, <laughs> run with more passion. It's like, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Left foot in front of right foot. Let's go. It's like, it sounds more like yelling and motivation. You know, it's like, sure. Yeah. Coaching. We'll call it coaching. It was only that simple. Yeah. I have so, to say, uh, and just real quick, I have to say, I didn't see Eric as a, a, a running type guy. So. I used to be heavily into running many years ago. Um, I was a very successful sprinter uh, through a portion of my life. And then I became a distance runner. And the day I met my wife, surprisingly, I weighed 148 pounds. I was doing about 70 miles a week. And I was on the road race circuit um, here in New England. And I would travel all over to different road races. Injuries started piling up. And I wasn't, I'm not able to run anymore. Uh, all I can do is, is ride my bike, which is, which is great because I can do something, but um, I cannot run at all anymore or else I would, uh, I would get hurt pretty bad. See what I'm envisioning right now is I don't know if any of you are of the correct vintage. I know the people here are, but if any of you listening are of the correct vintage, what I'm envisioning right now is punch out. If you think about it on the Nintendo, I'm picturing the montage and I'm thinking as part of the training, since Eric can't run anymore, he's just trailing with the bicycle. They're running and he's just trailing them in the bicycle. He's like the coach for a little Mac. This is exactly what happens uh, every single day at practice. <laughs> See, Bobbles, I, I, I had the vision. Immediately as he's describing this, the first thought that's coming to my mind is just punch out. I'm just seeing Eric biking behind them. It's like while they're in their hoodie doing their thing. Yep. Uh, when I first got into coaching, I would run with them, um, but those days are long gone. And uh, but I do ride my bike while they run. Yes. Nice. See, and for that those works. of you on YouTube, I will include the visuals so you'll know exactly what. If for some reason you don't know this reference, and shame on you because it's a great Nintendo game. But if you don't know this reference, I will show you visual aids. Otherwise, if you know, you know. So as I mentioned earlier, it is going to differ. Uh, it is a panel discussion format. Uh, we're going to talk about a few different things. First is going to be a little bit more wild card thing, where it's going to be what's on our mind. And then afterwards, we'll talk a little bit about a hobby-related topic. And it is pre-recorded, so again, it is different from the live stream. I'll just give a little bit of parameter here. It's different from the live stream because obviously we're not dealing with the chat live. 
which I enjoy during the during the live streams. But at the same time, it also means we kind of uh, go on and off topic. So it'll let us kind of stick to topic a little bit here and then be able to go through them as one or the other. And it's going to be a little bit more streamlined for you. If you're not able to see the visuals, don't worry about it for the most part, outside of like a thing here or there. We're, we'll describe whatever the case is going to be for you. So that way you'll, you won't have to see it. But if you want to see some of the visuals, I'll throw some of them in in the video just to, as a little extra if you happen to be checking it out on the YouTube. So first, let's start off with kind of the open-ended wildcard segment, and that is literally anything that's on our mind. So let me start. I just want to talk about a couple of things that stood out to me from week one of the NFL so far. As we're chatting, the Monday night game is about to get started here, and that is going to be the Jets taking on the Buffalo Bills. And we're obviously recording on the Monday. It is September 11th, I want to acknowledge it, but by the time this probably comes out, it'll be the Tuesday, but I will acknowledge it as well. Uh, obviously for all those, it was, you know, a historic day. Uh, you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of complicated thoughts and feelings about it. I don't want to necessarily dwell on it because as I said, this will come out on Tuesday, but I, it would be remiss if I did not at least acknowledge it. And it's definitely going to be a big thing given that we're talking about two New York-based teams. So I have no doubt there will be references to it all throughout the broadcast. I have zero doubt that that is the case with the New York Jets taking on the Buffalo Bills. I, I gave my opinions on it um, earlier today when I was in a clubhouse room with some younger folks that uh, were either infants mm -hmm. uh, or were not alive at the time. And um, I, I gave them my two cents. And uh, when I was done, uh, there was actually a quite a long moment of nobody talking. Uh, you know, I kind of explained what the day was like, um, how things went down, what people's reactions, um, you know, the feelings I was having, the concern I had about my wife being in, in Boston, which was a major city, obviously is a major city. Um, and, I, and I compared it to growing up and not understanding Pearl Harbor, but every year I would watch my grandfather cry mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, other older people really mourn and you know what what the heck did i know i was born in 1974 i mean i have no idea about 1941 you know so um i felt as i i kind of felt my age but i was proud to feel my age today um that i was able to try to give a little insight to some younger people about um today so that's really all i i will say about that i think that's fair uh, Bubbles, I want to get, leave the floor open to you if you want to say anything at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Eric put it well, but, you know, I, I've often wondered as, like, my son is 23 and today is the 22nd anniversary, so obviously he doesn't really know, remember or anything. He, he wasn't old enough to really know what was going on. Mm -hmm. My daughter, she'll be 18, so she wasn't even alive, but... There's one thing, if you were old enough to know and understand that day, um, I guarantee you that there's millions and millions and millions of people that still can tell you exactly what they were doing when that happened. And the eerie feeling, I, I mean... I remember that morning I didn't know what was going on, hadn't turned the TV on, got in my car and instead of music, I was hearing talk radio discussing nuclear warfare. Mm -hmm. And to hear that and not have a clue what was going on, like just, it just shocks you, right? So, mm -hmm. um, but beyond that, uh, there was a lot of folks lost that day. 
both, you know, civilians, workers, but fire and rescue and police and everything. And uh, just remembering those folks, you know, I, I live just south of D.C., not far from the Pentagon. So um, it was a crazy time here as well as New York. And then obviously the plane in Pennsylvania. But yeah, it, this is a day we'll always remember. So. No, I agree. Well said. And I think the I think the point you made about those that were around uh, can say where they where they were, what they were doing at the time. So I agree with that. Uh, I, I think I mentioned before on the live stream, we did we did we have acknowledged it in the past. Uh, my younger brother actually watched CNN at the time. So the TV was actually on during the entire onset of the entire sequence all the way through. And uh, I was at home uh, skipping a couple of classes. So so funny enough, we had the TV on and literally as things were going on in real time, we were watching the, the beginnings of that whole thing. So we had it on. So we immediately knew kind of got the sense of what was going on. So it was very much a different day than any uh, than any other one in that sense. And then obviously th many things came out of it. So we but like I said, I wanted to make sure we at least acknowledged it off the top because it is the day that we're recording. So thank you both for sharing some thoughts on that. So there's no uh, comfortable segue. So, but I, so I'm going to move over back over to the football since I started with that piece. So what, what shift we it learned, back over to it. You know, what we did learn from that whole thing is life doesn't go on. And, um, you know, so it, it's perfectly okay for us to move on because that's, I think that's uh, an important lesson we learned. And when things started opening up again, um, you know, that was a, that was a good thing. So there's nothing wrong with, with, with moving on from, from acknowledging it, especially that's all fair. these years later. So absolutely. And we shall. So what I want to what I want to get from you guys is we're not going to go through every single part of the scoreboard, but obviously there were some games that stood out more than others for different reasons. It can be for whatever reasons you like. So what I propose is bring up any any games that you want to bring up. So let me just start off real quick with mine. Uh, the Packers had a great performance against the Bears. It was still a little bit of a mixed bag because we were getting the young uh, the young quarterback taking over our first non Hall of Fame generational quarterback. Who knows? But at the same time, there's no guarantees of what it's going to be. I did think there were some good moments. Uh, there were some opportunities when he had uh, the opportunity to have a little bit of time and had an open receiver. He was able to make some throws. A couple of throws were a little bit offline, but it's to be expected from somebody who very little starting experience, basically. Uh, but I'm super happy about it. And the fact that the Bears lose is a wonderful bonus. And basically giving the Bears fans psychosis as yet another Packer quarterback gives them fits, who is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. This is the worst quarterback that the Bears have faced in nearly 30 years starting against them. And they still got beaten handily. That is a psychological burden to bear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it obviously Green Bay has had somehow be, got very lucky with their quarterback picks, and uh, only the future will tell whether or not, um, you know, this young guy will, will fall into the footsteps of the last two. But um, you had to think that Chicago went in thinking, it's going to be different this year. You had yeah, to assume. You, you figured yeah. this is your best opportunity. You finally, finally, the quarterback gap in theory was narrowed. It's as narrowed as it's ever been for those guys. Yeah. And it didn't look, the Justin Fields stock bubbles is not in an all time high right now. I couldn't, you know, this obviously is, we're going to discuss hobby, but I couldn't believe the amount of money that people were laying as you put <laughs> stock into mm -hmm. him uh, because I hadn't seen anything. Even last year, uh, that gave me any hope that he was going to be worth what people were paying. But yeah, um, Jordan Love, you know, he it'll it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, I don't know if you're live on the Monday night game, but I am 
getting messages that uh, I think your your ex um, is already he hurt. of the darkness. Yeah, it, uh, there's messages that he's already hurt. Really? So, um, okay. So I'll, yeah. I'll definitely I'll definitely get some updates as we talk through it. You know why but, that so, is? It's because he does not believe in a thing called love. It is a problem. <laughs> it is a major. Look, Bobbles, listen. I, I I was a huge advocate. I, I think we, he had to fully respect the darkness. I think good guy Aaron Rodgers. So real quick, I'll just bring it up. Good guy Aaron Rodgers from Hard Knocks. I don't believe you. I, I was like, <laughs> I do not buy that, sir. I watched those episodes of Hard Knocks. Bobbles, if nothing else, this NFL season was going to amuse me no matter what because we were going to get something different. No matter what happens, it was going to be different. So for the Packers, it was going to be different because obviously we had had the lineage of two quarterbacks that spanned an over 30-year period, like this massively long time. So regard, even if Jordan Love is just okay and maybe he's a bridge quarterback with somebody, we don't know. He's had years to sit and learn and maybe he'll be good. I don't need him to be a Hall of Fame quarterback to be more than serviceable because the game demonstrated if he has a little bit of time and the receivers are... And by the way, Christian Watson wasn't playing. They didn't even have all their weapons. They didn't even have their best, theor- theoretically, their best wide receiver. So not they didn't have all their weapons and they were still able to have a good successful game and play some decent defense here and there. The Bears have some uh, head scratching to do, some soul searching to do to figure out what it is they are. But the Bears have never had a lot of luck with quarterbacks. So it's one of those things where I... I, I don't think that's what I think that is an outcome they did not expect. No, and I don't think anybody was pitching that idea. So that was obviously one game that stuck, stuck out to me. There are a few others. Uh, do you guys want to offer any specific ones that really stood out to you? Uh, you want to go first, Eric? Did you? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, um, you know, this Patriot season, um, we're hoping is going to be better than last because of the return of the offensive coordinator, uh, Billy O'Brien. Um, you know, he's, he's really good at, at the job. You know, he's been a head coach in, in, uh, for the Texans, I believe Then he, you know, he's in, you know, he also coached in college programs. Um, and after last year's debacle, having defensive guys run the offense, it, this year had to be better. So, People's hopes were higher, but I don't think anyone was really like, you know, we're going to go back to the Super Bowl this year here in New England. I saw flashes of real, some really good things, but we also saw a lot of, uh, dis, you know, lack of discipline, bad penalties. Um, and with like a, a minute 38 left in the game on the offensive side of the field, the Patriots have the ball and could have won the game and you know they they screwed it up my hope is is that moving forward with more practice more more you know game time they'll be able to kind of smooth out some of this uh these these mental errors you know and put together a good season i really did see a lot of nice things things that i was surprised to see because i had very low expectations um but unless they're able to clean some of this stuff up, it's just going to be another disappointing season. And it might be, and if Mac Jones has another disappointing season under his belt, he's going to be gone. And he is talented. Makes, he is. Talented. I think that makes sense. And I do agree with you that at least they did have a chance to have a last drive. If, if the last drive had turned out a little bit differently, at least they were within a score. And, yeah. and, against, an Eagles, and against an Eagles team that was in the Super Bowl. So it's not yeah. like they were playing a, a bad team. 
So right. it's uh, so it was an interesting situation. So I agree. I think that was I think that was an interesting one. I was actually just watching the replay on the Rogers uh, on the Rogers play that you're referencing, Bubbles. I I think I think Eric might have hurt himself more reaching for his drink. Like I, there's barely <laughs> any contact in that. I'm sitting there like, if you, if you got hurt doing that. So speaking of uh, speaking of punch out, I, I'm thinking Glass Joe. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Yikes! Yikes! Like I said, I, I'm not I'm not wishing him any ill because frankly, it's more entertaining if he has if he has some like I, I want a couple of games to enjoy. I I want to make some darkness jokes, Eric. Like th- this yeah. was going to be great for me. That's yes. the reason I was watching Hard Knocks. Like I want to enjoy it a little bit. I want some of the Aaron Rodgers experience on Broadway. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, if if he turns that franchise around, I mean this that's the storyline every single week there's stuff to talk about there's excitement um you you know in sports love them or hate them you want new york teams to be good um that that brings more eyes to to the to the sport that you're watching um and we you, if you like football you kind of want to see something positive happen with you know with the jets this year and then at the end you want to see it all fall apart that's what I mean. Like, I, I need I need a longer journey, Bobbles. I was I was lo- I was looking for some long form content. And if this and if this turns out to be worse than it looks, this is a YouTube short, Bobbles. I, I was looking for I was looking for a long form piece of content. All I got was a YouTube short worth of entertainment. You know, I, it's still something, but I was like, I was hoping for more. I was hoping for a little more. Well, let's put it this way, and I'll get into my Ravens since you guys talked about your favorite team. Sure, go ahead. I'll just give initial thoughts, but. Since you mentioned the New York teams and you wanted to go a little bit longer, if Aaron Rodgers is actually hurt, New York just lost all hope in week one because the Giants look like absolute crap. How do you go on Sunday night football against a division opponent, a team that everybody was saying was going to be better this year? Daniel Jones was going to be better uh, Saquon was going to be better. You know, they got Darren Waller. He was going to be this huge target for Daniel Jones, blah, 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 right? And you get smoked. Like, it was first half, and Dallas could have went back home. It's kind of like embarrassment. But, so, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers is out, uh, New York might as well just, I, I don't even know. Um, are the Rangers and Flyers, or, sorry, Flyers or Philadelphia, are the Rangers going to be any good? Because uh, they might as well just start packing in for hockey season. Um, they might have to get the anyway. Rangers to play for them. That be that might be a better situation. But <laughs> the best part about the Giants' performance, like I said, I'm not going to go too into depth of it because the because the Cowboys just whooped them from in every way possible, <laughs> and it was never competitive, and it was never competitive. But somehow they managed to have a worse performance than the Steelers. And even though that wasn't one of the ones that I wanted to pick up on, it's necessary. I did catch some of the Steelers. There was a point, I could be mistaken on the exact number, so please feel free to correct me on this, but there was a point in that game where the Steelers uh, only generated one yard of total offense to 199 yards. 199 to one. They, they, did, they had not even generated a second yard of offense, and the other team was almost at 200 yards. Yeah, and that yeah. was and that wasn't one drive. They had multiple drives, and they were not generating any. They they were barely in positive yards, and it was like that's bad. And somehow the Giants are like, please hold my beer. We can do worse. <laughs> well, we could demolish in every way, shape, and form possible. 
as a Ravens fan, I actually am happy with the Steelers' performance. I also am very proud of the Cincinnati Bengals and their performance and losing <laughs> to the Browns. But anyway, let me talk about my Ravens for a minute. We did win. Um, unfortunately, it was only to the Houston Texans. And um, we lost a key cog, J.K. Uh, J. Dobbins, going to be out for the season. I, I swear the Ravens can't have running backs. And uh, even though we won, I don't have a lot. Like, I don't have a high confidence level that the season is going to be as successful as hoped, especially with Lamar getting his contract and signing Odell Beckham. And it, it was sloppy, and it was the Texans. And this isn't throwing shade to the Texans, but they're not like a, a premier-level team, and, and we squeaked by still, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That's kind of my synopsis now, but I'm also going to say it's only week one. Uh, yep. A lot of football left to play. Anything can happen, and that's why it's a long season. So That is right. That is right. That's why, like I said, I wanted to t- at least talk about a couple of things that stood out to us from the games. Obviously, we're always going to favor our teams, obviously, for sure. But like speaking only for myself, the way, the way my streaming package works is I have access to Red Zone. So obviously, I'm watching the full Packer game. But for the rest of it, it, when the schedule is on, I put on red zone. Then I go, yeah, flip me between games so I can at least be watching what's going on so I can at least kind of keep tabs. The only thing I wish they would do, and the old uh, the old Game Pass used to do this, I want I want the ability to put multiple games on the screen. I want to simulcast multiple mm-hmm. games on the screen. I always, th- I always think it's terrible. Like, I have large screens in my office. I could literally simulcast four games on here easily and see them all clearly if you would just give me the option. I would love... Like I'm paying good money for this stuff. Like, give me this feature. It's not, it's not new technology. MLB.tv has been doing it for years. Give me the chance to put multiple things on the screen. That's just me. Like, that's always been a frustration for me. I do love Red Zone though. I do appreciate that Red Zone cuts out a lot of the fil- uh, fluff for me, and zips between it when commercial breaks happen and everything. If I don't have a specific game I want to key in on, that's awesome. And obviously the Sunday Nighters and Monday Nighters, and I enjoy that. So definitely, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the NFL season as we go through. But I wanted to start off with that. Second, this is a really quick thing. It doesn't really require a lot of debate. Uh, Eric knows what this is. I think Bobbles knows what this is. I just want to say, for those people that know, again, I'll explain the reference. All I have to say is, "Cheese Stringamon lives." Oh, it exists. <laughs> it's a real thing. You guys don't understand. If you know, you know. You don't understand the joy and personal satisfaction it gives me that it is it is officially a real thing. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it is a live stream reference. I will include in the YouTube video. I will show what I'm talking about. It is now a live card. You can get the cheese string them on card. It's a real thing, people. It's all in Japanese right now, but it's a real, it's real. So, so uh, quickly, just so I explain, I showed it on the screen, but I'll explain what it is. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, obviously Pokemon, they got, they got a lot of Pokemon. The 1,000th Pokemon they ever did. If you want to see what this is and you're not able to see the visuals, just type into Google 1,000th Pokemon, look at it, and then in another window tab, open up and type in Cheese Strings. And go look at Black Diamond Cheese Strings. They have a mascot. And then go to the first tab and go to the second tab and you'll get it. I have lovingly coined it the Cheese Stringamon. It has a real name and I don't care what the real name is. I just care that the card exists and I want it. I am hearing... Carlos has just made his official announcement of being a Pokemon collector, and he's going to have 
a personal collection of the one did you say one thousandth it's the one thousandth it literally is the one thousand one thousandth pokemon it took one thousand of those little pokemans but carlos is officially going to have a personal collection of pokemon i, I know a guy That's what bobbles, I mean. bobbles i have an inside man who, who we've already agreed is going to give me the hookup on the cheese string on and yeah. by the way, I will only refer to it as the cheese string on. That is the official name. It is canon. Nothing else is real. I don't care what anybody else wants to call it. The other name is stupid. It is the cheese string on. Accept it, live it, and absorb it into your soul. At least they made it the 1,000th. I mean, that's even a celebratory it's a number. It's a milestone. Like, yeah, it's a milestone. So how much is this ridiculous thing going to cost? I mean, I have already... no earthly idea. I'm, I'm, Eric, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Wally Waitle, for those, for those who, again, who have the access to video, there is a cheese strings card of the cheese strings mascot, and it's called Wally Weightlifter. And I was gifted this from someone mm -hmm. who watches the channel, and thank you again for, for for that wonderful gift because i didn't know this was a real thing so now i want to get the cheese stringamon to pair him with the og cheese stringamon wally weightlifter right they're gonna be quite the pair that's the evolution of wally because you know the Bobbles, pokemon knows, the things they evolve and everything maybe maybe that's the evolution all i'm saying is i'm irrationally excited about a clear trademark violation from the Pokemon company. <laughs> and obvious. Look, I look forward to the next Pokemon series when they've got the when they've got a gigantic round red thing that looks sort of like a picture and its attack is oh yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. Okay. I'm just I'm warning y'all now in advance if it happens, I called it. I called it in advance. You know, this is a bit off the wall even further. But my wife has uh had this fixation on searching crocs lately and she doesn't wear crocs <laughs> is this bobbles and ball cards and crocs oh my no no like she doesn't even wear them <laughs> they are making so many different collaboration crocs now it is absolutely like it's almost the junk croc era they're doing so many different Ooh, we're coining the junk designs. croc era eric i'm getting excited this yeah. podcast is already off to a scintillating start, Eric. I'm getting really excited right now. I, I I've predicted. Sure. I've predicted the next Pokemon. Yeah. Bobbles is Bobbles is already pre-called the Junk Crocs era. Right. I I just know I was uh, dismayed when I found out how much Crocs cost, um, having never purchased a pair, but mm. my daughter needed a pair, you know, um, for college, and um, so we were at a shoe store and my wife and daughter are you know a couple aisles over and they're looking at just a pair of regular black crocs and i came over and just was looking at them and they were like fifty dollars and I, I and i threw a fit <laughs> in the store so my, my my first thoughts in order eric uh knockoff crocs that's his first thought <laughs> second <laughs> thought second thought is why don't you just get regular slippers or a pair of normal <laughs> shoes or yes. get or get some clogs and just embrace the ridiculousness of it. Okay, so I'll answer all three of those questions with one answer. Okay, I'm married, and I don't make any decisions. I think you could get away with the fake Crocs, Eric. 
I defy your family to be able to figure out what the real Crocs are. No, no, no. For me, if I were to get a pair, they'd be as fake as fake can be, and I wouldn't spend over ten dollars for them. But these are for the princess going off to college, and she wanted the black real things. And but, but how can you tell? Wait, I'm actually uh, bobbles. I'm actually asking a legitimate question. Can how can you tell that they're real Crocs? Like if somebody molded the damn thing, could you not make some some acceptable fake Crocs that would fool the the layman? I've never oh, the layman. Worn don't tell me! Myself. Don't tell me! Your, don't tell me your daughter is a Crocs connoisseur. I don't know. It's the first pair I guess I we've ever bought for her. That so I, I think I think the fake. Listen, I think the fake Crocs might might be able to get by. I I, I don't know. I I find it hard to believe that they'd be able to tell the difference. There's no way in the world I would have, on my own, dropped fifty plus dollars on these ridiculous things. Bubbles, it sounds to me like you need to get on the black market uh, Croc, you know, Croc. Uh, platforms and, and make this happen this needs horribly, to be a thing horribly well, see, dismayed if you're ever bored and you want to see what i'm talking about just go to crocs.com right their official website <laughs> and just look at all of the different ones now i'm going to tell you uh, i'll go ahead and give her a shout out she loves frankenberry cereal okay it was a, an attachment from her childhood and her grandfather always bought her it you know the the limited okay. release right and they're making the frankenberry and Count Chocula and Booberry Crocs. And she's seen these. Now, don't tell her, but they make Harry Potter Crocs too. And I know dang well she would want those as well. So we're going to discount those away from there. I was trying to find them one here. I can't find them. Uh, but it looks like the special Crocs are about $60, Eric. So just go ahead and buy the black ones. Be thankful she's not asking for the fancy ones. And... Did you have to get her any charms? Because, you know, you got to have the croc charms and everything, too, to spoof them up I a know little nothing bit. Of, I know nothing of charms. I just know that I had to pay, like, $55 or something for a pair of these rubber shoes with holes in them that are pretty much useless <laughs> uh, under all circumstances of life. Bobbles, I'm trying to get my head around. Okay, I, I promise we're going to move on. I, I know this is a random segment, but now, now we're down a beautiful rabbit hole, and it's, it's happening right now. I when we're talking deluxe Crocs, see, mm -hmm. I, I bet y'all didn't have deluxe Crocs on the bingo card today, tonight. But <laughs> if we're talking deluxe Crocs, is this like when Mont Blanc calls something precious resin and it's literally just plastic? But they, what are the deluxe Crocs? Are they made out of precious resin? Well, see, they're like a different color and then they'll have like a design to them. So instead of just being like a solid color... It'll have like Snoopy on it or something. And those you know, Eric, are, I remember, I remember the heady days now. in this podcast back in the days, you know, before before we sold out. Back in the days where we were talking about important matters like the cheese stringamon. Yeah, I, I know that was minutes ago. I know that was minutes ago, but I'm having nostalgic pumps and nostalgic thoughts back to those days. Yeah. <laughs> before we got into the luxury crop market, I, and I and want my money back. That's all I really want. <laughs> <laughs> well that went that took us down a wonderful wonderful place all right let, let's uh let's move on so quick uh quick thing either one of you gentlemen is there anything else that is on your i i, I brought i wanted to I, I wasn't prepared for luxury crocs now 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 <laughs> but the cheese string them on i had to bring it up like i needed to I, I i just needed to share it with you but all right is there anything else that's on your mind in the random category 
Uh, random. I had the opportunity to hang out with a former New England Patriot um, yesterday, uh, Lawyer Malloy. Uh, I had never met Lawyer before. Um, I got to spend about two hours with him, and uh, he is legitimately one of the nicest athletes I've had the pleasure of being around. Um, was incredible with the fans and incredible, especially with the kids. Um, wanted to know their names shook their hands, um, goofed around with them. He uh, stood up and and it, it, every single person came up to him, he, he stood up, shook their hands, thanked him for coming in to see him. Um, this is a four-time Pro Bowler and a Super Bowl champion. And he is so down to earth. Uh, he was telling us stories about he has four daughters and they're all incredible athletes. And one of his daughters led the nation in, I believe, home runs last year in the NCAA uh, softball. So uh, he's very, very proud of them and their athletic accomplishments and, and all their accomplishments. And um, if you ever get a chance to meet, this is, you know, to anyone who's listening, you ever get a chance to meet Lawyer Malloy, you will walk away going, that is a nice dude. He is just so a it sounds to me, based on your description and your story that you're telling me, he sounds like the kind of salt of the earth guy that would give you the luxury Crocs off his feet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't think he'd give the Super Bowl ring off his finger, but he would definitely uh, give give the luxury Crocs off his feet. Well, it's important like that. That to me is the sign of a true gentleman that, yeah. uh, that would be willing to, you know, help out others by giving the luxury Crocs off his feet. But, um, you know, I've been around a lot of professional athletes, um, current and, and former, and some of them have an air about them that, you know, I'm important. Um, you're lucky to meet me, um, but I don't really care about you, and I'm not giving you any extra amount of energy that I don't have to. And then there's a, there's a handful that I've met that they're just, you know, they have a lot of gratitude for the fans. They they know that the fans are the ones that that made them who they were, allowed them to play professional sports, um, paid for all the nice cars and mansions, um, you know, and they just really appreciate them. And this is one of those guys that he just was he was just as excited to meet every fan that came in as the fans were to meet him. And that um, that's rare because I've sat around and, and watched, you know, and I got to be honest, the ones that I've had the worst encounters with have been baseball players. Um, they won't make eye contact. They won't make small talk. Um, if a unique person comes in, a unique fan comes in, um, they, they have no patience or tolerance for them. Um where we had a couple of unique people come in the shop yesterday and man, uh, lawyer just indulged them and made their day. And, um, it was just, it was really, he just really is a nice guy. So there you go. There you go. Mm, fair bubbles. Any thoughts before we move on to the hobby related topic? No, I think I'm good, but uh, we had a lot of fun there. So, Oh, we did. And uh, we've learned a lot about luxury Crocs uh, and, uh, you know, precious, precious resin Crocs, precious resin Crocs and whatever else the hell's going on. I don't even know. 
So with that said, uh, we also then shift over. We usually have a more hobby related topic. So in this one, we were chatting a little bit before we started recording. And part of the discussion was an extension to something that was on the live stream, but I want to kind of bring it back. But I want to use the examples of the two topics that kind of dominated the hobby headlines, so to speak, this week. Now, one of the points of contention was a lot of people asking, you know, why is this even a story versus one with the other? And I'll quickly outline the two. I don't want to focus on the details of the story, but I want to talk about maybe how the two stories were received. That's kind of the area that I want to focus on. And maybe some thoughts on why one might resonate more than the other. So that that's the kind of specific I'm talking about. And what I'm referring to here is I'm referring to the, the story of the potential frauds, in this case plural, of the Cardporn Instagram account. So if you're not too familiar with it, uh, this, was, this was an individual who really rose to prominence during the hobby boom and then was able to grow a large following of over 100,000 followers on Instagram, uh, but then came in as a self-proclaimed hobby watchdog, which I think is part of what their downfall has obviously fueled uh, that came off of that. But this individual, allegedly, and obviously the pieces are still coming together as we go forward, but one uh, from a story-wise, if, you know, if we like our drama in the hobby, and we clearly do, um, from a salacious standpoint, on paper, this sounds like a really great salacious story that's headline grabbing. It's got all the components you want because you've got a Michael Jordan jersey purchased that then they try to get photo match, which would enhance the value. So bought a Michael Jordan jersey for $27,000, then took some photos that were presumably taken by this photographer who, is, who has passed away for some time from this foundation. Well, it turns out the foundation is fake, the website is fake, everything related to it is fake, and the entire photo matching thing was just this convoluted, fraudulent way of trying to enhance the value of this jersey to associate it with some Michael Jordan playoff games, which would obviously increase the value, you know, 40-fold, 50-fold, massive, huge increase, which all of a sudden takes a $27,000 jersey and makes it potentially a million or multi-million dollar jersey, like, big eye-popping number. And then, and then also the individual that is involved in this account that has been since exposed to be involved in it, Juan Garcia, right now, based on a lot of the, the chatter that is out there, may be linked to a lot of other frauds related to cards, related to 86 Fleer boxes. And probably more to come. If we're being completely honest, there's probably more to come. So on paper, this is salacious. It has all the components that you're looking for. You know, big eye-popping number, potential multiple frauds in different categories and angles. Now, contrast that to something else that by comparison is minuscule. It's minor, it's the smallest of small potatoes, uh, which is Chasing Cardboard, a very popular YouTube account, uh, had, had an issue with a, with a series of unauthenticated autographs. So just to give you the high level, I've done some videos on it on my channel, but just to give you the high level, uh, there was some contention about whether the autographs were good or not. And then the whole response to it kind of led to a bit of a backlash. Sports Card Radio got involved, they sniped back, a little bit of back and forth, and then obviously fans on both sides of the equation kind of lobbing things at each other. I'm staking really high level on this because, like I said, I don't want to focus on this specific story. But there were a lot of folks that, A, wanted to talk about it, but also there was a lot of folks that, B, said, well, why are we even talking about this? It's a small, you know, small potato thing. By contrast, there are some folks that looked at the card porn thing and said, well, why aren't more people talking about the card porn thing? So one of the things that I was chatting with the guys about is that Somebody who makes uh, videos or content on YouTube or whatever, unless you are someone who uh, one of your mandates is to cover the news. If you're covering the news, in my opinion, you would probably talk about both of these things. At least, you know, give some coverage to both because that's probably the simplest way of, um, you know, hedging your bets to make sure you've covered everything. But I think if you're someone who is a little more selective in terms of the news you cover, you're making a decision uh, based on one of two things. Either which one do you care about more or which one do you think your audience is going to care about more? And it's a judgment call. You could be right or you could be wrong. 
And I just think it's interesting the way that there's been a lot of response to it where there are a lot of people that feel that the cardboard thing is undercovered. And obviously there's a segment of people largely uh, chasing cardboard fans who feel that the chasing cardboard thing, given how relatively minor it is compared to this other one, is getting overcovered. So, and I've seen some videos discussing and kind of debating that piece of it. So first I want to kind of open up to you guys. So any thoughts first on you do you know, Eric doesn't have a YouTube channel. Bobbles does, but he doesn't really focus on news stuff. That's not really his category. But any thoughts on kind of, if you were in that position, like how do you feel about which, which one kind of stands out more to you and kind of why? So can I start with you, Eric, just your thoughts, knowing the two, just enough from the two, which, which story do you, which story resonates with you more and why? That's my question. Okay. Yeah. I think the, um, the card porn story resonates with me more. Sure. And, and the reason why I think that would be more important to cover is because that's, that's outright uh, fraud is what's being accused. Okay. Um, the other situation is a, was initially a mistake. And the story isn't the mistake. It is how the mistake was handled, mm -hmm. which was another mistake. Yeah. People make mistakes. We all make mistakes. There is no outright fraud believed to have happened on situation B. With mm -hmm. situation A, the card porn thing, this is planned fraud. And what seems to be coming out is that there is other frauds that this gentleman has been associated with. Mm -hmm. That is a major story because one of the major issues we have in this hobby is fraud, whether it be cut cards, whether it be fake autographs, whether it be uh, altered um, patches in um, you know, patch cards, jersey cards. Fraud is a huge thing. Mistakes are mistakes. Fraud is not a mistake. So I think that is the biggest story. I think that is the one that needs to be focused on and discussed. And because it because every time we, we show a fraudster, we get rid of one, hopefully. And we remind people that they have to be careful. Mm -hmm. Sure. So Bob was kind of same question from the same direction, same angle. I, you know, you might not care about either necessarily, or you might care about both a little bit. It can be whatever level you feel comfortable with. But my question is just which one resonates more to you personally and why? The one that would resonate more would be obviously the chasing cardboard um, for different reasons, because sure. the only thing that really stood out to me or was a shock so to speak, mm -hmm. with the cardboard thing was the use of a deceased individual to create mm -hmm. a foundation. Yeah. That part was like, I can't believe they did that. The side of the photo doctoring or whatever occurred and someone, you know, trying to turn an item into more money, as Eric stated and as we all know, that happens more often than really should but you know it's a sad part of the hobby mm -hmm. the side with the chasing cardboard thing the reason that one kind of hit me a bit more is 
the folks at Chasing Cardboard had a very good show, um, a very large audience base, a very um, uh, high production value, you know, product that they're putting out there. They're also going to many different people within the hobby, portraying themselves as essentially professionals to help folks move collections or, you know, uh, consign or, you know, purchase a collection or whatever. Mm -hmm. They are representing themselves at a high standard, both content-wise and in terms of, of helping people. The mistakes that were focused on was the the way the response was handled, number one, but then the fact that he relisted the card. Mm -hmm. What stood out to me with this that wasn't really discussed a lot is they have said time and time and time again that their job or their intent or purpose is to get the most money for the cards that they are consigning or helping these individuals with and everybody knows that in order to get the most money on an autograph it would need to be authenticated and yes the rock autos were the main focus but the Ty Cobb auto and the fact that they had even mentioned potentially putting that up for sale as a raw autograph was a glaring no, no, mm -hmm. like nobody in their right mind, especially at their level, would even attempt to sell a Ty Cobb auto without any sort. I, I don't care if it was slabbed, but any sort of authentication. Sure. Now, I want to piggyback off of that a little bit. So let me let me add a little bit. That's why I wanted to get both of your takes first. Because you haven't made, you know, Bobbles didn't make any videos related to that. Eric doesn't have a YouTube channel where he makes any videos on that. So I want to get your takes on it first. My, my thoughts are known. I literally have made two different reaction videos to it. However, I'm actually going to get away from my previous talking points. I'm actually going to go in a little different direction with what we're talking about here to give you something different. Rather than me just repeating myself for the third time. So one thing that I think caused this to resonate. And, that's, and I talked with these guys beforehand and I wanted... I tried to do a little bit of uh, analysis, a little bit of A-B testing. The problem is that I made an editorial choice not to focus too much on the card porn one because it didn't resonate with me. But now I'm going to share with you why. And I talked about that a little bit, but I'll be more specific. It didn't resonate with me, not because it's not because it's minor. Because no, th this is a potentially very large fraud. Again, I talked about this. From a salaciousness standpoint, the audacity of creating a fake foundation as the basis of the fraud to fool Maygray. So there is potentially, so Neo in his, mo, in his recent video where he did touch on this, made a very valid point. So I agreed with this point. There is potentially downstream impact here because Maygray is an authority in this space. If they allow themselves to be fooled so easily, that could be some downstream impact. But my first thought is thinking back to baseball card exchange. And the fake Logamon, Logo, uh, Pokemon, uh, you know, speaking of Chi Stringamon, the fake Pokemon case that Logan Paul had, that was a $3.5 million case. Again, a very large number, very salacious story. We had a ton of fun with that one. We, we, we had no issue talking about it at length. But it was because it obviously was still in the card space that I think it resonated a certain way. And Logan Paul is a controversial figure anyway. 
So that added to the whole thing. And then Rattle Pokemon did a very fantastic job breaking down elements of it. So there was a lot of good reporting on it and a lot of, you know, exposing different aspects of it. And then, of course, uh, you know, Steve Hart from Baseball Card Exchange became our meme lord du jour. You know, we all got duped agreed. So we got to have all... So there are all these elements that work together to obviously draw a lot of attention to it and make it very interesting. So I'm talking just from the content standpoint, why you would cover it and whatever. That makes total sense. It's not that the cardboard thing's not important. It, and it is, because I want to make clear that it is important. And if someone wants to cover it, I would never say no. What struck, what was a struggle with me and what was kind of led to my decision not to really focus on it too much outside of talking about it on the live stream was that it was in the sports memorabilia space. A million dollar jersey or $27,000 jersey or whatever the case is, I'm not in the market for one of those. So like whether you make it 1 million, 5 million, 100 million, like, it, okay, what if they're all fake? It, personally, it makes no difference to me. Oh, but what about the cards? It's like, well, Panini's proven you don't even need to have real game used. You don't even need to label real game. So like in the card space, we've cared less and less and less about game used as the years have gone by anyway. So that's why I want to just present that, just make that point. But then also on top of it, well, let's talk about the other frauds, right? You know, the 86 Fleer Jordan boxes, 86 Fleer boxes, and, you know, potentially some fake cards, some fake autographs. And I, and I would say, yeah, that's bad. But let's get back to card porn itself. The whole crux of this story, the reason why, in theory, it should be a bigger story than it is, and for some reason it hasn't quite resonated, that's why I said there's some critique that people feel there wasn't enough coverage of it, is that while card porn is big in Instagram, card porn isn't a big figure anywhere else. And even discovering who card porn is, Juan Garcia. Okay, let's take the story, what we <laughs> talked, we just talked about, and let me let me rephrase it. Let me let me give you the story again, but let me rephrase it. Eric, there is a fraud. Somebody named Juan Garcia did a fake 1986 Fleer, uh, you know, 86 Fleer basketball box. How do you feel? Who I the hell's Juan Garcia? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. It, it's not that, that it's not important. My only point is like, who the hell's Juan Garcia? I don't know what I see from Adam. And my in, initial reaction would be, who is he? Yeah. What other kind of, uh, where else has he had his tentacles? And yeah. what else has he done to people? And can we trace any other fraud from right now through the, the past with this guy? And do charges need to be brought up against him? So whether it's Joe Schmo, Juan Garcia, you know, uh, whoever, it, once fraud is sh is is accused and proven, that's a big deal. And in our it, it, it is it isn't it isn't though. The reason why I just yeah. phrased it the way that it, it is, is, I adjusted the phrasing a little bit. Uh, by the way, I said the same thing when I, when I said card porn could be involved allegedly in these fraudulent things. For the people in the card space, it meant something. So you kind of are you kind of getting what I'm saying here, Bubbles? When I said card porn, because they have a hundred thousand followers and all this stuff, it is at least a little bit more resonant. If I just said some dude named Juan Garcia, you know, peddled in a fake '86 Fleer box, and it's a blowout, I'd be like, okay, so it's a Monday. Like there, there there's fraudulent stuff like that all the time. It is, but I think the other big piece is. Um, the position he rose to in the hobby, what he claimed to be in the hobby, which was this watchdog, how he, you know, as the young kids say, put several people on blast and called them out. Ooh, you're talking about putting the people on blast. How do you I, do, fellow kids? Yeah, but, well, I, I have a teenager. 
with that statement right there, I think both of these topics can teach us something. Oh, to that is 100% true. That is 100% true. I'm just asking about because, the resonance, though. I'm just asking about the but, resonance. Right. But let's look at the let, – let's go back at the, the chasing cardboard thing, too, because they were got they got blasted by the – you know, these hobby watchdogs on YouTube and everything as well. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that the allegedly the you know their their the Rock Autos got slabbed, so mm -hmm. where they were getting blasted, they turned out to be shining bright because they looked like now they were not in the wrong, and now you have another hobby watchdog that's sitting there pulling wool over everybody's eyes, and I my biggest question with the card porn thing mm -hmm. who else is involved no because for sure no the downstream this... the downstream is i think where you can make a bigger case for it but yep. i'm trying to break us up into a couple of pieces here at first it's an anonymous account so we don't have a so so this is be, so maybe so i'll add now the chasing cardboard thing to try to help bring the whole picture into focus i'm not saying no but I'm saying the problem is because it was an anonymous account, again, people knew who they were, but not everybody, but because it was operating as an anonymous account, there was no face. We couldn't put a face to it. With the Chasing Cardboard thing, we have Ty's face. Like, we, he's right there. We've got his face. We've got these videos. We've got all this stuff. They're there. They're, they're available front and center. So I think, and this is where I, I wanted to bring some numbers into this. So for me personally... The Carpool one resonated less because I'm not in the sports memorabilia side of things. And for the other sections of fraud that are compiling, and I think more will come to light as we go forward, I think it's going to be interesting to see what else comes to light. Um, a lot of it, though, it, it falls under the realm of a lot of unfortunate things that happen in the hobby anyway. And Blowout will cover it, and other people will cover it, and then they can pick and choose. But one thing that I, need, that I wanted to try to do, if I could, was try to do an apples-to-apples -apples comparison as closely as we can. Since I didn't cover both, I can't do it for myself. So what I did is I went into Dustin's sports card dad's channel who did make videos on both these things. So the channel right around the same time, he made videos on both and he's got his subscriber count is much bigger and you know, it was able to, and it is indicative. It's interesting what the difference was. And I'll, I'll share this with you guys. So about 10 days ago, give or take, he made a video that was sports card radio talks, Jordan Jersey scam, which was the first steps in that specific thing. So this is the card porn related one the Jersey scam, which was kind of the first domino that fell that started getting into it. That video, that video got about 1300 views, give or take. So about 10 days ago, about 1300 views. Next video right after that, where did card porn go? Question mark. So now we're referencing Cardbo right in the title. So now we we're very clear on what we're talking about here. Who's watching the sports card hobby watchdog. So in addition, he's also putting a bit of a controversial take in it. So, you know, playing the YouTube game, right? So we, we got title that gets a little bit of uh, you know, attention and we also reference the card porn thing and we've got the jersey thing and we're starting to expand upon it right so we got these two things that's also around 10 days ago that's 1200 views these are not bad numbers just to be clear they're not bad numbers but now i want to shift ahead a couple of days and i go forward uh we've got another one are we all this dumb which is an extension it's another level to it it's combining a couple of stories including more about the card porn one this is about six days ago it's 3,500. So there were two elements of it that he combined together. So I'm going to say 1,300, 1,200, that's 2,500. We're going to say 3,500 views for the third one. So pretty good, pretty good viewership. So these are three separate videos on it. The Chasing Cardboard one, the most recent one. Four days ago, Chasing Cardboard missed the point. 
So this is only about chasing cardboard. It's not about anything else. It's very clear what it is. 3,300 views in four days. It has more views than the first two card porn scam, Jersey scam related ones. This is on the same channel with the same subscriber base and the same subscriber count. So why did the same audience seem to have more interest in the second one? My thesis, my contention, is because the Chasing Cardboard guys are out front and center, they're a bigger figure. We can put a face to the name. Juan Garcia right now, there, there started being some circulating some pictures. None of us can picture Juan Garcia is. He's just some dude for most people. And most people still can't link Juan Garcia to Cardboard unless they're following the story. Because if I just say Juan Garcia, most people have no idea who the hell that is. Could it also be that as soon as the card porn issue came out the account was deleted and everything went dark and you could only then get information from darren Robell or uh, uh or uh, a couple of other places anyway mm -hmm. the chasing cardboard gentlemen continued to throw gas on their own fire for a brief period of time. I agree, Eric, yeah. but it, it so, comes down to, remember, we're talking about an Instagram account with like 100,000. Yeah. Cardboard cut itself off and yeah. shut down. These guys just kept going. So, you know, that's why the interest is still there, possibly. I agree. But I, I think there is an element to it, though, that we can actually see the other individuals. To your point, they're still around. They're still visible to us. But also, what I noticed is that on the card porn ones, the people would be like, oh, that sucks. You know, they got to track them down. They got to find them. There was like, there was a reaction. But then the chasing cardboard one was visceral. Like, it, 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 it's again, it might just be my opinion based on what I see in the comments section. It felt like it was more visceral, either for or against, you know, the people that wanted to defend and the people that wanted to condemn and, you know, the them fighting each other in the streets, you know, the internet, YouTube streets, so to speak. Whereas the other one, everybody's like, yeah, that's terrible. That's, you know, somebody's got to find this person and deal with them or whatever. But it's very, not as many people really seem to, they, they can't connect with a million dollar Jordan jersey that most of us aren't going to buy or care about. I would, I would agree with that part of it. And, and I even said that before we went live, because yeah. a lot of times things that are happening in, in a realm of dollar figures that is beyond you know, anything I'm ever going to play in. Um, it it kind of like loses its luster. But I think another element to both of these stories, mm -hmm. and if I was going to dip my toes in and do a video on them, there's more to, to like legitimately discuss on the Chasing Cardboard side because we now have an answer to where the Rock Autos authentic right they came back from psa and yeah. the point and you you alluded to it this topic isn't necessarily the the autographs now it is the way that this youtube personality large channel base handled the entire situation and yeah. what they didn't do on mm -hmm. the flip side of it the cardboard the card porn thing we still don't know all of the details and a lot of the details were still kind of 
and I, I don't want to say allegedly because there has been a lot brought out about it, mm -hmm. but sure. there's still and, a pro lot and probably of more questions. to come if we're being honest, and probably more to come if we're being honest. Yeah, and so there's still a lot of questions that are unanswered to that whole story. Mm -hmm. the, the the other one, like if I was going to do a video, it would be on the chasing cardboard because you have a story there now. We know the answer to whether those autos were, were legit, but the real story is how it was handled. So. Now, you, you just you just struck a thought with me, and Eric, I'd like to get your take on this as well. I think, I think Bobbles is right, but I want to throw something else at you. Is perhaps, again, I'm only pitballing here, so please you know, feel free to throw thoughts at me, but is maybe some of the difference also, so one of it is that you're front-facing versus anonymous slash now less anonymous, but still we, again, I couldn't pick Juan Garcia out of a lineup, you know, even, even right. reading the stories, like it's, it's not going to work. However, other side of the equation, if we're talking about engagement, so when these videos hit traction, part of it is engagement. People can say, like, who cares about this? Like, well, dude, the views say people care. <laughs> the likes mm -hmm. and dislikes and the comments section say people care. So my mm -hmm. question is, is maybe some of it, because Bobble's actually touched on something very interesting, and I want to throw this at you guys, is maybe some of the difference that the Chasing Cardboard allows us to pick different angles to debate and discuss. We can talk about, you know what, I still don't think the Rock Auto is real. Now, whether that makes sense or not, whether it's silly or not, that's a different conversation. The point, though, is... You can have that separate thread of discussion in addition to, no, I don't care about that. I just think he handled it badly. And you can have that thread of discussion in the same discussion, the same video. Whereas the card porn one, I don't think anybody's sitting there going, yeah, fraud's fine. You, you, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like much of a debate. There's, there's not a lot. It's like, yeah, make, yeah, falsifying pictures of using a dead photographer for Jordan, that's bad. Agreed? Yeah, yeah okay, we agree. No sure. There's no card porn support. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter who is watching this. If anybody's supporting them, they need to go yeah. check. The, on, check the only thing they can change in the card porn story is we just find out more things. But, they, yeah. but, it, but like, all the things are like, yeah, that's bad. The discussion, the, the, the comment section is like, yeah, that's bad. They need to be found and dealt with. But, mm -hmm. but it's not, that's not a debate. That's pretty cut and dry. Like, it's very, very straight. So in other words, the engagement is going to be less, just naturally, because... Do you get what I'm saying here, Eric? Just naturally, the engagement yeah. is less because it's not really a debate at that point. It's like, yeah, yeah, crime's bad. Right. Agreed? I, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely... I it definitely uh, see your point. It makes it definitely makes sense. Bobbles is 100% right about the, the chasing cardboard situation. Um, I really don't care uh, whether they were fake or real. I, I definitely think there's a still a problem and and like, well ty is telling us they're real and they're spectacular well and <laughs> i love seinfeld uh thank mm. you um i you know as dustin said you know they didn't get the point it's like mm. you don't get to celebrate now because they're real that doesn't yeah. make up for for you kind of being a jerk to your followers mm. and, and that was my big thing when this first went down we can go sure. back to the friday live yeah. my whole statement was you can't talk to your followers that way. There's only one show that can do that, and that's ours. Yeah. All right. But because I think, Eric, the fact that this is an angle that we can take, and Bubbles, this is all yeah. I'm saying. I think the fact that we can take the same story, and it's like, mm -hmm. well, guys, this is actually the thing I want to talk about. Even though it's the same story, we're starting with the same basic premise here. 
Some people are arguing about the authenticity. Some people are arguing about whether, you know, they're operating a good business or not. And other people are like, I, I just want to talk about the reaction and how it was handled. So we've got at least three different main threads we can argue and debate about in the same comment section. Well, that's yeah. more engagement. Like, I can see it in my own comment section. There are some people who will die on the hill defending Jason Carbill till the end of days. Yeah. And some other people are like, dude, you're not getting it. Like, it, it was bad. And they can have that discussion. And somebody else can be arguing about the merits of the autograph itself in the same story. So I'm seeing that engagement firsthand on the front line. And I'm like, I understand then why maybe it resonates just a little more with the audience. It, it would just be like if I put a video out discussing, you know, pros and cons of mayonnaise. Uh, the comment section would be I promise five percent less, like at least five percent less. The comment section would be met split, so right? Like some people like it, some people enjoy it. But we found nice. out, to be clear, to be clear, bring us back around to the first segment. We found out there's a haters club, and there's yeah. someone who remained nameless who I think needs to be at the vanguard, the forefront of getting some haters club merch. I said haters club merch needs to happen. But I mean, all in all seriousness, though, and I was just throwing that out there to, to slip that in, <laughs> but you would have two sides to it. You would have people that like it and people that hate it. And it's the same scenario here. You have chasing cardboard diehards that see no wrong, whether the response, the way they handled it on eBay, any of that, like they, they did right, no wrong. And then you have folks that are like, they missed the point. They shouldn't have done this. And you're going to get, like you said, the, the interaction. You're going to have a discussion or debate or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that that's going to create, create more uh, interaction or whatever on the video. Yeah. I just think the proof so in this situation like this. I just defer to the to the to the numbers, to the stats, to the information. The proof seems to be in the pudding. There is mm -hmm. there there's interest in both. To be clear, there's interest in both, but it just feels like the interest is very focused in one, whereas there's a little bit more of a broad appeal to the other. And you know what? Maybe maybe there's a disagreement about you know, you know, should it even be the case? Does it even make sense? Considering again, and we acknowledge right off the top, if we compare the two on paper, just on paper. This shouldn't even be a discussion. One of them, the level of potential fraud is like so on such a larger scale, the amount of aspects of it is on such a but, bigger scale that in theory it should be a hundred times more interesting and more engagement in it versus something that at its worst is a couple of hundred dollars, most likely. However, is it though? Because we're looking at it chasing cardboard topic hard porn top eric you buy a lot of autographed cards overall i would put the amount of non or questionable authentic authentic autographed cards out there versus the amount of people that are able to doctor a photo to get my grade to say authentic you know photo match on a jersey the fake autograph market might actually exceed 
that that instance of a jersey. If, there. if we're talking in volume, no doubt, no That's doubt. What, so yeah. That that brings another element to the topic, though. No, but they they remember what I said earlier, though. The reason <clears> why I brought it up, the reason why I presented it this way, is I said for card collectors. So that so the way I decided to make my editorial choice, there would have been plenty of reason for me to do the card porn as a standalone video. There would have been like, there's enough there. I can certainly, I could certainly have put something together. It just didn't resonate with me personally. I, I only like peripherally followed. I read the Darren Ravel articles. I followed the P Ryan collection on Instagram. So I listened to the discussion with him and Darren Ravel. So when we had the discussion on the Friday, I was able to say, Hey, I'll link you guys to this, go check it out. And if you want to go deeper down the rabbit hole, there's more out there. You can go check it out. I didn't make a standalone video on that because I didn't feel like I could add anything to it. It's the reason it's that comment I made a moment ago about the comment section. What am I going to say other than give you the facts as they stand today and say fraud is bad? Like I, I'm not, I'm not adding anything to the conversation at that point. Like because I don't, I'm not also not a sports memorabilia collector, so I don't have a stake in it. And I've had discussions with people that are sports memorabilia collectors, and they're very passionate about this because the implications for my gray, the implications for you know, uh, other companies and things that, that might have been associated with it, that that can bring some of that into question and potentially hurt the long-term value of these items. They care about that. So if you're in the sports memorabilia space, this is very important to you. It's extremely important to me. It's like, oh, okay, you know, good for me to know, but not something that I'm going to lose any sleep over. Are you guys kind of seeing what I'm saying with this? No. And, and I guess my interest is, you know, I have more of an interest in sports memorabilia. I work in the largest sports memorabilia yeah. shop in New England, uh, in, you know, and, and possibly further. I know for a fact New England, but it, it might be the largest one in, in, a, in a larger scale. Um, well, I'm at least willing to give you New England and Peabody. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> at so least. when there is a, a scandal like this, Mm -hmm. it spreads a cloud over all sports memorabilia and dealers and people. And we have had people come in in the last week and talk about this. Hey, did you hear about that Jordan jersey? Mm -hmm. You know, sure. yeah, yeah. jokingly, how do I know that that jersey over there is real? And how do I know that that's game used? And how do we know that's a real autograph? And yeah, you know, they, they kind of present it as a joke, but in in that line of work that is the least funny joke you can you can make because it is the livelihood of the people working there and the ownership um that there can be nothing in that store even that, that we even question to be fake uh altered changed you know whatever it all has to be real because if one item is found to be fake in that store there's now a question about everything in the store so yeah i, I i'm looking at it at a different point of view because i collect mm -hmm. it personally i mean you can see right there there's a game used uh boston bruin reggie lemlin uh goalie stick it used in a game right there i got a Derek sanderson gamer right there there's other pieces of memorabilia all around my office um i i take the, that stuff seriously i just the, the chasing cardboard thing i can't get i can't just stop thinking listen a guy made a mistake and then was kind of a jerk about it mm -hmm. that yeah. just doesn't i have i 
in a in a in a positive light on that subject, I just I am not accusing Chase and Cardboard board of fraud. Mm-hmm. I, I that now that's just my opinion. I don't think there was any fraudulent intentions. I don't think fraud happened. I, I was going to say make sure. Yeah, exactly. I don't think there was any fraudulent intent. I agree with that. Yeah. So it really is just don't be a jerk. And, and no, what, Eric, I refuse. Uh, like on principle, on <laughs> philosophical principle, I refuse to accept that answer. Yeah. That is a bobbles. That is a wrong answer. I will not accept it. I I'm will be saying, a jerk, and I'm doubling down on being a jerk. Plus, I'm not saying to you. We have expectations, <laughs> to you, but uh, but my message for them is just don't be a jerk. Learn from your mistakes. Don't be a jerk. Done. That situation yeah. is over. But no, for sure. For straight out fraud, that I just see that affects the hobby more than somebody making a mistake and being a jerk. And, and, to... and the cardboard thing isn't a big deal to me, or it isn't really a story. And the other on Friday when we talked about it, you can go back and you'll notice I made one statement, which was really repeating the same statement I made the week before, and I didn't talk the rest of the time because I just don't see it deserved. It deserves that much, you know, uh, discussion because just don't be a jerk. The other stuff. People are going to go to jail, I hope. Yeah. So, Bobbles, I want to get your last thought on this. I want to get your last thought on this. But the only thing I'll say is, like, I agree. But the thing is, I agree with what Eric's saying in principle. I agree with it. The only thing is, like I said, and because he collects sports memorabilia, that makes sense. I literally had Instagram DM conversations with folks that are in the sports memorabilia space who express a similar sentiment. And I agreed with them. So it's a situation like, I am agreeing with you. But because I am predominantly in the card space and the sports memorabilia is less impactful here on that side of it, because again, I, that's why I use the pin anything. We've gotten to the stage where even game use is not even a thing in cards half the time. So like we have devalued the game use in that space to the point it's like, dude, they can all be fake. Who cares? Because we're not even, we're not even looking for real inside of that space because some people are not even paying a premium for that because even the game use, the real game use, Pacific back in the day was doing real game used swatches of stuff. That stuff's worth five bucks. No one cares. So, but if you're a collector who collects it and that is part of your collecting, then yeah, anything that brings it into question, that's real bad. Anything that's downstream impact, that's really bad. That all of that. So I can acknowledge that and also say, but at the same time, it doesn't, it doesn't affect this segment as much. So if it doesn't affect me, just speaking in that silo, I can still be informed. I still want to know. I still want, I'm interested from that perspective, but it clearly isn't resonating at the same level is all I'm saying. Because for the people that are critiquing that not enough coverage is, there are a lot of those folks who follow the trends. If it's the hot topic, they're hitting it. <laughs> They'll hit it, but they're just looking at it and going like, well, how much engagement is it actually getting? People do care. It's not that they don't care, but it's like, yeah, they care peripherally. It's like you reading the newspaper and seeing there was a bank robbery 500 miles away. Oh, that's a shame. By the way, it was a crime, but it was 500 miles away. So how much is it resonating with you? No, it's still I, a crime. I get, yeah, I, I get that point. And, uh, you know, I do I pause for, for a second and like, I hope they catch the guys. And then I start thinking yeah. about how that's going to affect, you know, the FDIC and, you know, my banking and my, yeah, twice. Like, is it a split second? Right. If they kill somebody during the robbery, 
I'm I'm definitely more engaged and I'm thinking yeah. about it a little bit longer. But yeah, I move on with my day. Exactly. And that, I think that's the thing with that. that so I, my, my thesis is I think that's what kind of happened with that one is that people aren't saying it's good. They're not giving it a pass or saying like it's not important. But uh, the, the, that's why I use that whole debate segment of it as I looked at one where I've got three or four different avenues of debate and discussion, impassioned debate and discussion. And the other one is like, oh, this is fraud. That's bad. Okay. Agreed? Yep. Okay, I guess there's nothing more for us to debate. All right, on to the next thing. Go ahead, Bubbles. I just wanted to get you if you had any last thoughts. My, I mean, I'll, I'll close it out with this, basically, just for all the listeners out there. Um, and this is, you know, probably pretty commonplace, but for both scenarios, whether it's autographs or game used or any type of memorabilia for that matter, um, the best way to protect yourself is get it yourself. Uh, you know, the only way to really know, and I don't care if it is in a slab, has a sticker on it, a letter with it, I don't care. We've discussed this before as well. A lot of that stuff, if it's not done right in front of the authenticator, is simply an opinion. And opinions, you know what they're like, and they're not always going to be accurate. So you're spending money on stuff or, or whatever you want a game use piece or an autograph or something like that my best suggestion just get it yourself to know for sure that it is what you believe it to be so no i think that's very fair and very well said very well said so gentlemen i think that is a successful conclusion the first panel format thank you both for bringing things to the tables it is baubles and ball cards on YouTube. I will include that in the description. It is Eric Sanderson doors. I will include his Instagram so that you may curse him directly. As you should. <laughs> or send And he is up. not anonymous. No, no. Alas, <laughs> he probably wishes he was anonymous, but he's not. He's not anonymous. Not at all. Not at all. But good stuff. Uh, I want to add a couple of things here at the end. One of them being uh, right now, Format-wise, we're going to stick to a very similar format to what we did tonight. However, if there are any questions or thoughts, feel free to throw them in the comment section of the YouTube. Because if there's some interesting comment or thought that someone wants to go in, I'm happy to incorporate it into subsequent episodes so we can we can discuss it or answer it or whatever the case may be. Happy to do that. And then, yeah, if there's anything else that you guys want, to, want us to talk about uh, or related to it, happy to do that because then that'll give us some thoughts about that'll inform future episodes. I will also be inviting additional folks, especially if there is something that may be a specialized. We've got a few folks in a Rolodex that we can bring in that are subject matter experts in a few categories. So if we want to get a little bit further into depth on that, we're certainly open to doing so. I want to include that as a kind of additional thing that's on the YouTube channel. I want to have this as an additional thing that's uh, good. Bobbles and I talked about this, and we both like the idea of having some kind of a podcast kind of thing. And this is kind of what we put together as a result of that. But it will evolve a little bit as we go along. One other thing I'll also include in the same vein is... I'm still going to do the standalone episodes if something comes up that maybe I just want to expand on or chat on, and it'll stick under the same line. So you'll find be able to find it on YouTube under the Because I'm Carlos YouTube channel, or you can check out Spotify and a couple of other podcast things for the audio-only version. Most of the time, you won't need to see anything visual, but if you want to see Eric's look of crippling disappointment, then you get that on the <laughs> YouTube. That is the hub of all things. And there are more videos coming up on the channel and live streams on Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern time where some of this cast of characters are seen. 
Whether that's good or bad is up to you. But it is the longest running episodic, whatever that is. And we get closer. Every day we get a little bit closer to celebration of the day that I get the cheese string them on in hand. And it shall be a glorious day. I can't wait day. to see your PC. It'll be can't amazing. Wait. Amazing. Also, I want to leave you with this last thought, playing to our first segment. I am seeing on tw- on the Twitter X, whatever they call the stupid thing now, somebody uh, I want to give credit to, TTU Deegs on X, who published a post that said, Aaron Rodgers full 2023 season highlights, and it was him running out to the beginning of the, the, beginning of the game. <laughs> Not even a snap. Ah, the internet is vicious and undefeated. And on that wonderful note, on that wonderful note, happy 2023 NFL season, y'all. The games have started. We're going to have some fun this year. We'll definitely be touching on some of that and other hobby topics and things as they come up. So that's it for myself. Like I said, links to everybody will be in the description. And if you've got any questions or anything, throw them in the comment section and maybe we can address them in a future episode. So that's it for all of us. Thank you very much. And we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys.